Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, look, I've talked to over a thousand entrepreneurs and you know what they all have to pay attention to? And some of them rarely do. It's their numbers, baby. Like your numbers are going to tell your story. And today's guest is going to help us figure that aspect of business out. So let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It could be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! Are you a small business owner struggling to manage your finances and grow your company? You're not alone. It's a common challenge for most small businesses. But there's good news. Today, we have an expert in CFO services, financial strategies, and accounting joining us. They've helped many small and middle-sized businesses transform their finances and unlock their true potential. Today, they're going to share some insight on how to streamline your accounting process, create a winning financial strategy, and grow your business with confidence. So get ready to learn from one of the best. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Ryan Watson. And now the party can start. Welcome to the show, Ryan. (laughs) Great to be here. And by the way, I will never do another podcast without an interview, an introduction like that one. That was amazing. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, man. We we love to have fun, dude. If you ever have, if you ever take my class, we're we're big on having fun, having playing music, getting to know each other. Because like, I dig at it. the end of I'm the day, in. that's the experience yeah. that you want, right? Let's do it. Okay. All cool. right, let's do this thing. All right, CFOs, man. Um, what inspired you to become a CFO? Because I can imagine you weren't in kindergarten thinking, yes, I want to be a bean counter. I want to run businesses <laughs> on the accounting side. No, no, accounting no. I, was, I had dreamed, right? I was passionate about debits and credits from day one, from the womb. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I actually made the choice to go into accounting kind of haphazardly. Like I was going to be a lawyer. I went to college and my dad was like, well, that's fine. But you have to get like a real degree. And somebody at the, the uh, career fair was like, why don't you do accounting? And so like I'm a big believer that like, you know, not don't follow your passion, follow what you're good at. I got into accounting and I was good at it. And so I kept going with it. But what I will say is, you know, I started my career like a lot of accountants do. I got my CPA. I went to work at a big four accounting firm, Deloitte. Um, and, and to be honest with you, what got me into accounting in the first place wasn't like a passion for, again, debits and credits, or I didn't have a, I didn't think about being a CFO necessarily, but I was, I've always been passionate about small business. Like that's always what's driven me. Like I, I, I'm excited to wake up and help small businesses, like create a strategy and execute a strategy and, and hire people and those sorts of things. And like accounting was always just like my way in, like it was my tool in the toolbox. The, the reason for me to be at the table to help them. Um, and so that was what got me here. I mean, I started at Deloitte and no shade against Deloitte, but that wasn't really what I was doing, right? Like I, you know, I was an auditor. So nobody, my, my clients didn't hire me because they wanted to, they hired me because they had to. So I knew early on, like, I, this is a space for me, but that job wasn't it. So I left with another colleague from Deloitte and a third partner and we started Upsource. And our whole goal was to say, we're not doing compliance stuff. We're not doing audits. We're not doing tax. We get passionate about small businesses. So what we're going to do is we're going to help small businesses in our unique way, which is to serve as their CFO advisor. Um, we've been doing it for the better part of 11 years. 
Let me ask you about the servicing as a CFO, because you'd think, right? A lot of people are like, you know, you're in business, you have a CEO, you have a CFO, you have the COO, you have the CMO, a lot of C's in here, right? Yeah, a lot of C's. But you're doing this on a fractional basis. Can you explain what that means for people who don't even know? Like, they think I'm going to bring a CFO on. I can't afford to bring a CFO on. What does it mean to be fractional? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, look, the, you, you've kind of hit, you kind of nailed it a little bit with your question, which is, you know, if you're a, like, so for instance, we, we work almost exclusively with creative agencies, broadly service-based businesses, right? And we work with these agencies in the, let's say a million dollars in revenue a year on the low end to, you know, our, our largest clients in the sort of mid eight figures, but you know, our sweet spot is like three, four $5 million in revenue. And at that stage, like if you're going to hire a, a CFO with the years of experience in this industry that we have, that's $300,000 or more per year. And at that size of business, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, and, and the reality is, and by the way, I, you know, before my role here as a partner, I was that I was the in-house CFO, COO for an agency and what I would tell you is, you know, 10% of my time, the agency really needed me and my expertise. The other 90% of the time, it could have been somebody else, a lot cheaper and a lot, lot, uh, uh, a lot less expensive. And so the goal of working with a firm like us is to say, okay, well, I'm just going to pay for that 10% of time where I really need that expertise and not for the other 90%. So I don't, I can't afford $300,000. You don't have to do that when you work with a firm like ours. And there's fractional experts in all kinds of d- disciplines, including finance. But it's just a much better model for, you know, your sub 10 million in revenue business. Yeah, and it's completely different from hiring a bookkeeper, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the same thing, right? This is not your taxpayer. This is not your bookkeeper. This is more on a yep. strategic level, which brings me to my next question. Like, there are some common challenges that a lot of small business owners face when it comes to managing their finances and growing. How do you guys specifically help them overcome those things? Because I'm sure they're coming at you at the very beginning. I mean, at, at a million, I'm hoping that they're, they have something in place for bookkeeping and, and yeah. surprised that not a yeah. lot of people do, right? Well, I mean, again, I would say like the the path to a million is just like get there with shoestring and bubble gum and paper clips and whatever else, right? Like, so they're closing in on fumes. It's a business that should exist. And they figured out the positioning and they figured out how to service it. But by and large, everything else is like warts all over it, right? So um, yeah, you you would not be surprised. It's all kind of manners of, of, uh, of solutions there. Um, but I guess to go back to your question, which is like, what are the, the primary challenges that these folks uh, face? I mean, there is some element of like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like people who got into the creative space didn't do it because they were passionate about finances or, or even business in general. Like they got in there because they like doing cool work with friends and now they have a real business and they've got to figure out how to run it. Um, but I would tell you that um, that I would say probably one of the, the number one challenges is just focus, right? Like, so you're a business owner, you're at a million dollars in revenue, whatever you are, you read a blog post that's like, here's the 10 KPIs that I should focus or that I should read or review or measure for my agency or my startup or whatever it is. Um, and so you're like, okay, I need to like, look at all these things. And, and, and what I would tell you, our philosophy is like, no, yes, there are 10 or 12 or 20 or 30, whatever the number, a bunch of KPIs you could look at, but like, there's probably just one or two that matter right now. And our job is to help us figure out what is that one or two things for your agency. And let's work on that right now. Um, again, that that's probably like the biggest challenge. 
the the struggle that I think a lot of people have when it comes to identifying those big challenges, right? So like yeah. they have challenges, but I think when uh especially when uh, when you're talking about hitting that few million and you're like shoestringing yeah. that whole thing, yeah, there are so many problems that come up. Um, how do you help them kind of uniquely align to those goals? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I guess there's a couple of things, right? So the, the first is, um, I think that like every business is kind of unique, but they all sort of rhyme, right? So like we start by segmenting businesses like into specific buckets, right? So there's like the first bucket that we call like, that's create mode, that's zero to 1 million in revenue. Like those challenges are all very unique to them. The next bucket is like what we call build mode. So that's like 1 million to let's say 3 million. And by the way, this, this primarily result uh, relates to like service-based businesses, all manner of service-based. If you're a tech startup or, or you're selling widgets or something, it's maybe a little bit different, but like in the service industry, you know, there's, there's like one to 3 million in revenue. That's its own kind of unique uh, set of challenges. And so the first question we're going to have is like, where are you? Right. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to go through what we call the hierarchy of financial needs. And so again, like, from our perspective, there's a lot of things you could focus on, but we're going to look at them sequentially. So we're going to say the first step in the hierarchy of financial needs is solvency. Like, can you make payroll next week? If the answer is no, then we're not going to look at anything else. Guess what? Like your operating margin, that sucks too, but we don't need to continue to focus on that. Let's focus on the keeping the doors open. We'll get to that later, right? So we'll go through a whole hierarchy of financial needs. We'll stop where we stop, where we have a problem, and we'll focus in specifically there, right? So Again, I to, to answer the question, like it's it's you know we spend like a day, and and we're getting under the hood around like what's going on in this business, what's happening, where are we, where are we in our life cycle, where are we in like the hierarchy of financial needs, and we're gonna zoom all the way into like that specific thing, um, and then of course the only other thing that we're gonna do is like everybody has a different vision for what they want their business. Like some people really are passionate about scaling and they want to get as big as possible. Some people want some big financial outcome. They want to exit. Some people want to create some, they want to create generational wealth for their family, their kids, their grandkids. Everybody has a different uh, sort of goal. And so that's the other piece of this, which is like, where are we? And then where are we trying to go? What does success look like? And from those two things, we're going to create a plan. We're going to create a roadmap. It looks like a financial forecast. It looks like some KPIs to measure our our success along the way. Uh, but those are kind of like the guiding lights. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I'm wondering, um, you know, there's a lot of times that business owners feel like they're overwhelmed. They're wearing so many different hats. Um, yeah. And when you're talking about setting those goals and developing a lot of these KPIs, some of them I feel need to be on the personal level. Some of them need to be on the business level. And yeah. then, you know, and, and I think yeah. when, when you guys are looking at those, when you're going down those different metrics, uh, yeah. how much of it, because how much of it becomes a counseling session? And I'm only asking you this because my degree's in accounting as well. Okay, um, good. All right. You, you really, yeah. Uh, yeah, you buried the I, I lead relate, there. Right? I can relate. <laughs> and so I've had, a, I've had a, a small tax practice since about 2006. And I nice. always tell okay. people that when I sit down with a client, it's like a therapy session because yeah. you're literally going through some things that um, may be relevant to the tax return, may not be relevant to the yeah. tax return. And I imagine when you're sitting down with a client going through these priority lists, figuring out yeah. their KPIs, what they want to work on, you kind of have to go through the same process, right? Like which things are important to you, which things yeah, are important totally. to your company. 
Well, and you, the other thing I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, I mean, you know this, right? But entrepreneurship is a lonely world, right? Like it is a, it is a uniquely lonely experience. Very few people understand it when you're there. Not only, not only are you doing something that most people have not done and don't relate to, um, but like you're, your job is to be a salesperson. You're, you're meant to be, you must be an optimist and you, you're, you're, you must spin everything as a, in a positive light, whether you're trying to just like tell yourself, yeah, it's going well, or you're trying to tell your family, yeah, no, I made a good choice. You're trying to tell your employees, yes, it's going great. Like, you know, there, you've created this little like castle of, of this, you know, this narrative. And so a lot of like what we try to do is say like, okay, that's kind of the exterior. This is a safe space. Guess what? The average business isn't like, let's look at the median profit margin for a business like yours. It's not as high as you think. Like you're going to read all these articles that have all these benchmarks. Yeah, those are ideal states. Like the, the median agency struggles or the median business struggles with the stuff you're struggling with. So that's okay. We can be honest with ourselves. Let's do that, right? Like it's not all perfect. And, and, and uh, you know, once we kind of try to break down the walls, it, definitely becomes that like because we try to be an outlet for people to be honest and open and vulnerable so we can say like okay great now we know where we really are and where we're really trying to go let's figure out how we do that right because the the alternative the natural you know especially in the early days because again in the early days of a business and i say early days i'm still talking in the millions of revenue like single digit millions that's still early in the early days, it's hard. It's all hard. And a lot of the reactions to finances is to just like ignore it or bury my head in the sand or just leave it. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, we don't have to do that. We don't, it doesn't have to be, yes, it's, it's, it's challenging, but it doesn't need to be a negative story. And, and our approach is all, how do we create positive momentum? Like, how do we just like create some positive momentum and give you good, strong energy? Um, but yeah, I mean, of course it totally becomes like a counseling session because it's like one of the most intimate pieces of this business owner and their life. They're, they're, they're just their life, not even their business, their actual life. Well, let me give you an example. Um, I partnered in with, um, with some insurance partners, how I got into the insurance industry. And the way I did it was through the accounting, very similar to your story. Yeah. And I had to come in and, and the company was somewhere around 750, maybe a million in revenue a year. Um, it's still a baby. I had to come in and go through statement after statement because they were doing something that a lot of entrepreneurs do, which is co-mingling funds. Sure. And so I'm literally it's going classic. through every single statement yeah. and I'm like, yeah. okay, this is your personal, this is yeah. business, this is your personal, this is your business. And it's, and it's very intimate because when you know what people are spending their money on, oh my gosh. like, yeah. all of, you know, a lot about a personality type, um, I, Talk to me about commingling and having to separate yeah. these things. What's your yeah, yeah, yeah. in that aspect? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's so funny. Like, so so on the very low end of, of um, you know, businesses, like as you're just starting out, that's probably the number one piece of advice we provide uh, new business owners, which is like, okay, you know what? Like you're just starting out. You don't need to hire a firm like us. In fact, you probably don't even need to hire a bookkeeper either. Like what you really need to do is set up a separate checking account, get a debit card, and just use that for business things. Like if there's the number one thing you can do is just like, if it's business, use this. If it's personal, use this. Right. Um, and, and forget about bookkeeping. Like, you know, in the very, very early days, you know, it's, it's mostly a compliance activity for you, right? You're just, you just need to get a tax return. You're not making decisions from your, from your PL in the, in the infancy. And so like, just make sure it's all in one place. And then somebody can actually like figure this out. So somebody doesn't have to do what you just described, which is go transaction by transaction and say, this is business, this is personal. But look, I mean, again, I'll just tell you, we work with agencies north of $10 million and they have the same, same situation. We've got owners who are 
are using some version of, uh, you know, it's not, it's maybe not like perfectly commingled. It's not all on like the personal account, but you know, they're, they're using the business card as an extension of their personal, um, their, you know, their, their personal bank and where that becomes, I guess what I would say is like, we also work with a number of agencies who do desire to exit. Like they want to sell their business and that's a, that's a big chunk of their liquidity. And that, you know, using the business for non-business expenses is going to artificially deflate the income of your business. It's going to make it seem like your business is making less money because in reality, your business is making more money. You just spent it on personal stuff. And so you're artificially deflating your net income or your profit, and that is going to artificially deflate your value. Now, there's things that people like us can do to create like an adjusted value, but you're just complicating the whole thing. There's absolutely no benefit to doing it that way. So again, like the short end to to respond to your question, like it happens at all levels of business and there's no upside to it. (laughs) There's no upside to it. There there usually isn't. Let's let's jump into a little bit of P&L basics. Um, I I know the economy is changing. People are starting to cut back on a lot of different things. Uh, And when you're looking at a P&L, people tend to focus their attention almost 100% exclusively on the expense section, right? On the bottom part versus the top part. Can you give me like just an overview? Give me an overview of a P&L and what is it that you tend to look for in some of these companies when you're addressing things like, dude, you're bleeding some money here. Yeah, oh, you're yeah, spending yeah. all your profits. Like, where do we find that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'll go like super accounting 101 on the, the P&L first, which is like, you know, if you're not familiar, like the P&L is the income statement, the profit and loss, summary of activity. It's ins and outs. Did I make any money at the end of the day, right? And so obviously you've got revenue or income at the top, right? This is income you've earned for your services or the products that you sold. And then the second, you know, what, what is subtracted from that is what's called cost of goods sold. Cost of goods sold is the cost of the thing that you went to sell. So like if you're selling t-shirts, the revenue is the price of the t-shirt you sold. And the cost of goods sold is the cost to produce or acquire that t-shirt, right? Um, in a service business like ours, the cost are the wages of the people who are delivering the service, right? That's your cost of goods sold. And so then the, the revenue less cost of goods sold is what's called gross profit. Um, and gross profit, of course, is like the, the money you make on just the core thing before all the overhead and infrastructure, before the rent, before the utilities, before the software, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, what am I in business to do? The revenue I make and the cost it makes, it, 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 I incur to do that thing. Um, and so that's the first place from a profitability standpoint we look when we're working with businesses. The bottom line is like, if you're making a good gross profit, then you will also in all likelihood be making a good net profit. If you're not making a good gross profit, it probably doesn't matter what you're spending on anything else. You're still not going to make money, right? So gross profit is where we we uh, we dial in and that's the unit economics of this business. And then the, the, the final thing on the P&L is like, okay, so you've got your you know, revenue, less cost of goods sold, that's gross profit. And then below gross profit is operating expenses. This is overhead. These are like, you know, again, rent and utilities and your legal expenses and your accountant like me and that kind of stuff. Like all that stuff is operating expenses. And then at the end, at the bottom, subtracting all that stuff out, that's net income. Like at the end of the day, that is the money left over that you've made. It could be positive. It could be negative. And that's kind of the final scorecard for did this business make any money? And obviously that's what owners really care about. Like at the end of the day, like that's what, that's the incremental money that they'll get to pocket. And so that's what they care about. But you know, in our business and almost every other business, the key lever is gross profit. 
like the the key lever is gross profit. And that's where we spend, you know, 80% of our time because honestly, operating expenses are easy. As you said, everybody, like people are used to, to focusing on the expenses and they're used to managing to a budget and they understand the idea of cutting back and living within specific means. That's a thing that you do in your personal life. So like if, if we have a good gross profit, we can earn a good net profit. No problem. Totally. I, I 100% agree with you. And that top line is, is important, but it also has some of those built-in vanity metrics as well. Like when we talk about, you know, social media and we have tons of followers, millions of followers or whatever totally. you want to say. I mean, it feels awesome to be able to say that, but what does that actually translate into your, into your net at the end of the day? And I feel yeah. like a lot of times in business, we, um, we start comparing ourselves to others in our industry and you yep. start hearing things like, well, we had, you know, 10 million dollars in revenue versus what number actually totally. is important right yeah um help me break that down for some of these people because you're, you're talking about companies that were doing a million uh sweet spot is somewhere around three to five million yeah but we're talking we're talking revenue here how is that different how's that different you know you kind of expressed it already yeah. with growth profit how's yeah, that yeah. Different? yeah then profit yes yeah totally so um so, you know, in, in, in a service like this is this this varies all over the place. I'll talk about service businesses and I can I can provide some thoughts on other kinds of businesses, too. But like in the world of service based businesses, uh, f first of all, th there's like the gross revenue is the vanity metric of all vanity metrics. Right. And in the world of like service based businesses, we have this term we use called agency gross income. It's a fancy word for net revenue. So there's a lot of businesses that have like a substantial amount of pass through costs. Like if I'm a media agency. For instance, I might take $10 million for my client and I'm going to go spend all of that on ads and I'm going to keep like 10% of it. And I'm going to say, oh, I earned $10 million in revenue. But like in reality, I just meant that immediately on ads. Like that is not even really, it's not even really revenue, right? Like the, the money that I got was the $1 million. So there's kind of like net revenue, but without like adding the complexity of that. Um, yeah. So then you've got like your gross profit and, and you know, in a, in a service-based business, a really good gross profit is like 50 to 60%. So you're going to spend, in other words, you're going to spend 40 to 50% of that revenue on the cost to service it. Like now, if you're in hospitality, your gross profit is going to be lower, right? Like you're going to spend more on, on things like food and, and Bev. Um, and if you're in software, for instance, maybe it's a little bit higher, but like in service, a lot of, you know, big industry that's, you know, 50 to 60% is kind of your, your gross profit margin. And then obviously then you got to spend money on a bunch of other things. And so in service, like we would target 20% net margin as like a good outcome. We have agencies who make more. So just to be clear, back to the, if our you know net revenue was a million dollars, a 20% net margin would be $200,000. That's how much would be left over. And that would be quite good, especially at a million. It, it's, it's, you know, the, the smaller the business, the harder it is to turn a really good net margin. Cause like some of these fixed expenses just have to exist, whether you're a million or you're 10 million. Right. And so um, but whatever. So, you know, 20% would be kind of like an ideal. We certainly have clients that are in the sort of seven, $8 million gross revenue who can, who can turn closer to 30% of net margin, but that's killer. Like 30% is really killer. The reality is like lots of our clients are, you know, I'd say like the median, the last I saw in like service is like 11% or 12%. Like that's kind of the median. we got plenty of people in single digits. we got plenty of people in negatives. Um, and so again, like, it, it, and, it, and you're totally right. When you talk to anybody about their business, the first number they want to give you is like the revenue number. And in reality, it's like 
that's, I mean, great. That's helpful to size what we're working with. But in terms of how it impacts you as the business owner, it doesn't really matter, right? It's really like, are we generating a profit and how much? Yeah, I and nobody likes to talk about the little numbers. They don't sound as good, but at the end no, of the day, look over the profit margin. That's that's really where your success lies. If you can increase that profit margin, if you can get it to thirty percent, that's phenomenal. But that's I agree, crazy. with you more and more yeah. along the five ten percent, and and increasing that top line revenue to get that net margin. Uh, at, at the yeah, end of the day, totally. is where they're it was where they're focused at. Well, tell totally. me about upsourced. Um, yeah. you know, where where are you guys at today? What are you looking for? Um, tell me a yeah. little bit about that company. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like I told you, we've been around for 11 years. Um, we do, I mean the, the, like the simplest way to describe it is like, we are, um, a CFO advisory firm for creative agencies. Right. And so basically what we do is we go into a business and we do two things. One is we help create a system to capture like the financial and non-financial, non-financial being like hours and other things, the financial, non-financial data that a business owner needs to make decisions. And then the other thing we do is we sit side by side on the leadership team with our clients and help them make decisions with that data, right? So you mentioned like we have some folks on our team that will do what is traditionally called bookkeeping, right? So we'll do everything, right? We'll, we'll prepare the finances, we'll pay the bills, we'll help you with your payroll. But like what you're ultimately hiring us for is what we do with that data once we've prepared it. Um, as I told you, we, you know, I, as with every business these days, like you got to niche down and, and we were fortunate enough to land on the creative agency niche pretty early on. So we've been working exclusively with, and you know, when I say creative agencies, you know, Mad Men, think Mad Men, right? There's branding agencies, animation studios. These are, um, you know, uh, uh, web development shops, PR firms, those kinds of things. So we, we primarily or exclusively rather focus on those kinds of businesses um, we've got a, just over a hundred recurring revenue clients, uh, in that space. Um, and they're all over the place. So, you know, we, we've got offices in Ohio, but like our clients are, are New York and Austin and San Francisco and Portland. I mean, some are distributed, they're all over the place. Um, got a couple dozen people in two, in two offices here in Ohio and, um, we're rocking. Man, I didn't even, we didn't even get to talk about that aspect of, of your PL, the recurring revenue part, how important that is for a lot of businesses, uh, so they yeah, don't go man. out and, and continue hunting. And I mean, honestly, and I agree with you. Look, accounting isn't the sexiest thing to talk about. But for me, I'm like, this is where your business lives. Like, this is I the know. lifeblood the of your thing. entire business. The whole yeah. reason you got into it is for the yeah. freedom that that cash flow is going to give you. Uh, so let me ask you, man, there's there's people uh, that, that are listening to our show that are at the beginning aspect. They're thinking about starting their business yeah. and they're worried things like, accounting, things like taxes are those fears that keep them from going forward. If you were going to give them some advice to get started and get going, what would that be? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, look, I, I would tell you that, um, and I mentioned this earlier, like we often for, for small businesses that are literally just starting out, like our number one, the, the very first piece of advice we say is like, create a separate bank account and start using that, start using that debit card. Um, you know, there, there, you, um, you're going to want to have this information somewhere because that's, you know, the whole point of us doing this is that we're not going to just be small forever. We're going to be a large business. We're going to need that information. We're going to be a million dollars and above. And so we often recommend they go get something like QuickBooks or Xero. I, you don't, don't go hire somebody to do your bookkeeping right out of the gate. You really don't need that. It's not necessary. 
Uh, for the most part, you can do a lot of things yourself. Like, you know, certainly you, there, there's plenty of affordable tax solutions, either self-serve if you're feeling savvy or, or you know, affordable like uh, um, uh, professionals who can do it. I would say the, the only area of, of like, you know, accounting and compliance that we really don't recommend agencies try to do on their own. And fortunately, in the last five or six years, there's been lots of like affordable ways to, to solve this, which is payroll. Like deal, especially in the United States, like dealing with payroll on your own uh, is is a lot of effort, and the penalties are quite punitive. So go get yourself. If, I mean, again, if you're if you're going to hire somebody on a W two basis, um, then go get a payroll provider. Gusto is what we use with a lot of our clients, and Gusto is awesome. Um, make sure you're buttoned up there, um, and beyond that, again, like. What I would tell you, and this doesn't benefit me necessarily, but I'm an entrepreneur. Like I would tell you, focus on sales and service. Like figure out your unique reason to exist and just do that. Don't over-index on like accounting and finance and forecasting and budgeting and all that stuff. Like you'll get to that. Go build a business that should exist in the world and then we can make it profitable. But you know, don't, don't try to put those things in different orders because it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're back. So uh, you can't. All right. There we go. Internet connection back. My bad. Okay. My bad. Okay. Uh, so, you, yeah, what, what I was what I was going to say is it's like a, it's like a, a, a waterfall, right? You, if you don't have any water running, then there's no need to put up a dam. There's no need to put the hydroelectric thing in place. You need to have that water flow come in. Same thing with your business. If you have a cash flow coming in, start making those money, start making that sale, and then yeah. we'll worry about everything else after that. If you don't have the revenue coming in, then that's a fear you nothing don't else. need to be worried about. Yeah, nothing else matters. I mean, I, I, so, so often we see entrepreneurs who like are overly concerned, like getting trademark protection and filing for a patent or, you know, like they've got three different legal entities and then a, it's like, oh my gosh, don't do any of that stuff. Like it's, it's either not going to matter or it's not going to matter. So like just go out and sell a thing and prove that somebody wants to pay you for a thing and then do it a couple of times and then generate enough cash where it's like, there's very few things we can't go back in time and fix. Um, but what we can't go back in time and fix is like not having created a business in the first place. So that, that's, exactly. that's generally what I... Exactly. All right, Ryan. Well, dude, you shared a lot of great information with us today. Everything from the PL all the way to yeah, uh, vanity metrics. So uh, if people want to reach out to you, they want to work with you, they want to find out more about what you do, how can they do that? Yeah. So our our URL is scrolling at the bottom of the screen, upsourceaccounting.com. That's the best way that's the best place to find us. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel uh, at Upsourced. So you can certainly catch some more info that we put out there. Um, yeah, that's where you find us. And of course, of course, I'm having like a, a today. It's happening, uh, all kinds of stuff. But let me thank you very much for being. I uh, like I said, you shared a great moment. Look, you're not from a get out there. Some sales about recording stuff as much uh beginning. Make sure you have that's viable, and then we're gonna look for help like from a company like Ryan's. So if you guys have make sure you guys uh reach out. His website's at the bottom, it's upsourcedaccounting.com. You can find him on social at upsourced. Well, 
So, uh, program, ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.